The titanic form of winter looms over the world, casting us in shadows deep, dark, and cold beyond reason. But in the distance you see a flicker of warmth, a resting place with a roaring fire and friends, new and old. And at the center of it all, a strange person armed with a story he's just dying to tell you. Click the link in the description and visit the Wrong Station Patreon. Start your seven-day free trial today and explore bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and more. You're listening to the Wrong Station Pledge Drive. The Wrong Station is only possible with the support of listeners like you. Become a subscriber today by visiting patreon.com slash thewrongstation. You'll receive access to bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes discussions, our new book club, and so much more. Today, The Wrong Station is proud to present Shields Green by Alexander Saxton. Oh, yes, do come in. Please forgive the state of the place. It completely slipped my mind that I was having company. Do take a seat. Yes, the green couch, I think. Oh, of course. My signature color, Shields Green. As you can see, I've had the whole place done in it. There's an old book, Shadows from the Walls of Death, 1874, I think. I've had the patterns based on the wallpaper samples in that book. Rather morbid, don't you think? Well, I find a bit of glamour to it. All those samples were taken from houses where the residents died. Poisoned by the fumes, of course. Well, they don't hit wallpaper with arsenic anymore. No, the color has always been a favorite of mine. My sister was a painter, you know, before she outgrew the arts. Maybe she was experimenting with the color at a formative period of my life. But afterwards, she gave it up and never used it again. Green, she always used to say, will swallow you up. Well, that never mattered much to someone like me. Getting swallowed up isn't much of a change for someone who never had control over their life to begin with. At least, not until it was too late. Well, yes, now that you mention it. And I wondered if you were here to ask me questions about that. The inheritance. You wouldn't be the first. But no, my conscience is clean on that front. I never murdered my sister. Never needed to. By the time the child was born, she was already sick. When she lost the baby, she just... gave up that fight. Not everyone would have, you know. Some of us like to think of ourselves as survivors. But Evangeline... She was always the golden child, you know... The one who did things right. Who was right. And so she never learned that other thing that keeps you going when times grow tough. That spite. That refusal to let them see you die. I was already dabbling in the rag trade back then. In secret, of course. The family would never approve. Sons, even today, are expected to match certain expectations... Daughters get to be liberated nowadays. I had to liberate myself. Evangeline, of course, tolerated my little secret. 
pretended to take an interest. But this mask was only that, a persona on a stick. Underneath, she was just like the rest of them, always looking for an advantage. If she could cultivate my secret, it was something she could have on me, a piece of capital she could spend with mother or father, or something she could use to lean on me for a favor. She often did. You might think from her public image, her charitable works, that she was different from the rest of us. Well, that image was constructed. It was useful, and Evangeline knew how to use as well as the best of them. At least, that's the story I've told myself. Yet I knew she would take the gift, wouldn't she? Yes, this is where I begin to doubt my own account, my memories. I often find myself confused these days, and the headaches are persistent. How, if I did not think she cared, did I know she would accept the blanket? Could it be that she actually saw some talent in me? Actually did care for her baby brother and his silly experiments with color and cloth? Was it the cancer that changed her? Or had she always been that way? Or was it all just another manipulation? Money does this to you, you know. Tinges everything, taints every relationship, until you're never sure, never free from doubts. You're always acting from uncertainty, and you never know, even decades later, if you acted on the right information. Yet I remember she smiled on the day I visited her. I've brought you a gift, I said as she answered the door. When we unrolled the cloth together on the kitchen counter, she said, Oh, how lovely. The design is my own, I told her. Even in that satanic hour, some part of me was still anxious for approval from Big Sis. The cloth is cotton velboa, but it's the dye I'm most proud of. It's a lovely color, she said. So vibrant, like the color of spring. Oh yes, it's a historic pigment. I made it myself, based on a Victorian recipe. Did you? How clever! At the time, I felt an edge of mockery in those words. Now, I'm not so sure how I remember it. Well, yes, well, it was surprisingly simple. The ingredients are washing soda and a copper solution and, and something called... Oh, I can't remember the name. But it's actually used as a cancer drug. This was my masterstroke. I thought, given that... Well, it might be appropriate. At this, her eyes welled up with genuine tears. Because she was truly touched? Or simply because she'd been reminded of her own plight? And I could, of course, remember the name of the third chemical. Arsenic trioxide. Oh, no, you mustn't get the wrong idea. Even for a very sick woman, which she was, a blanket dyed in that pigment would have taken a very long time to kill her, time which she did not have. No, a cloth dyed in shields green is no expedious way to kill a grown adult. But a newborn child. I thought, as I wrapped the green cloth around my niece, that there was some accusatory glint in her newly opened eyes as if she knew I was killing her at that very moment. But 
Of course, there is simply no way. Some babies just look at you like that. Well, who thinks to check a newborn's blood for arsenic? Sometimes they just fade away. Poor things. After the funeral, I went to visit Evangeline in the hospital. She was not long either for this world. I wonder about that blanket, I asked her. I wanted to control the evidence. If I might have it back, as memento. She just looked at me, sadly. I'm sorry, we gave it away, she said. To charity. It's keeping some other baby cozy now. Ah, I see. And that, as slow as arsenic, was the moment that sealed my own fate. I made inquiries, of course, checked with all the local sellers, haunted the second-hand stores. But the green blanket was gone, vanished, onto the next child, and the next child after that, a green ribbon of death winding its way through the world. And it's all those other unnamed children that I find it so hard to live with. Ha, 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 no, no, I see you eyeing your cup, but you needn't be afraid. I haven't slipped you anything. I don't need to. Share my confession with anyone you like. It's too late now for the law to take revenge, for I have sat, oh, so many lonely nights, on that very couch where you so nervously perch, a green couch of my own design, staring up at the green flowers painted on my ceiling, which flake when the autumn wind shakes my house and drift so gently down to settle on my upturned face. Oh, yes, I see a green pallor from the looking-glass these days, and before too long I know the grass will be rising from my grave. A lovely color, as my sister would put it. Vibrant as a touch of spring.